Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. He's enjoying some great fruit. You can find us at hyperplantstore.com. Uh, uh, Nick, that's the absolute best Christmas at all time, right? One of the best gifts ever. We got some Harry and David right there. Yeah, best Harry and Harry and David pears. I got it on screen for all those all of you watching on uh, Facebook. Harry and David, and that'll be my buy and sell. We had a little recording issue earlier. My buy will be. The greatest gift for an adult male is this Harry and David. You're buying basket. what I bought last week. All right. Yeah, I love it. It's, uh, you know, I'm always appreciative. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's the small things and, you know, a couple world-class pairs and a Harry and David basket goes a long way when you hit your 40s, I think. It does. It really does. All right. I am buying also, and listen, this, this is, I'm buying your your cousins over there in the engineering world that, Never mind. I'm selling them. There's no way I'm buying them. I'm selling them. The experience was terrible. Your engineer buddies over at the big box stores that can't figure out how to put big boxes in front of a bunch of other big boxes and have a lot of people around at these centers where you go buy stuff from. You would think they would eventually start figuring out a way to get people out of the store without making us people in the cars keep stopping every 10 feet and then there's always that other person that trickles out right at the next time. You think that you get to pull out, right? And it's one of those like, oh, you just thought you got to. No, you can't. Another person coming to walk by. There's fucking like 15 of them trying to get through Target. I'm selling the engineers that can't figure out how to get people over the cars, like put in a bridge or something. What the hell's going on? Yeah, but I think, you know, again, let me ask you this, and and I get it, you got all worked up because you had to wait a little bit to get through the front of the store, but if everybody spread out when they parked, if more people parked in the back of the lot, then left through the back of the lot and to, you know, instead of driving through the front of the store, uh, wouldn't you think that would solve it? Isn't that what they think they're thinking to themselves? Maybe everybody in America weighs 800 pounds, they could use a few feet of walk-in. Let me put, you know, I'm going to assume that we're going to have a lot of people park in the back there. I mean, doesn't that kind of fix your traffic problem at the front of box stores? Listen, I, I made the mistake. I park in the back and I actually, when we were leaving Target, I, I commented about this dude that was walking out to his mid nineties Tacoma. And I just had to have a moment and just be like, nicely done, man. A guy and his two girls walking out to his Tacoma. I unfortunately made the mistake of going left for some reason. Oh, yeah. See, that's on you. Don't blame the engineers, Marty. Let's take the engineers out of this. This was your fault. You went through the through the people. I mean, dude, have you never played Grand Theft Auto? Stop running over people and go through the back. Like <laughs> you got to be done, man. But yeah, I am with you. It's it's pretty bad here. You know, uh, Sam's Club, Walmart, Target. You know, Best Buy. You can list them all off. Uh, the very front of the store is anarchy. It's uh, it's brutal trying to get through. All right, so one of the things I do is we gotten into Christmas. I'd like to take a little bit of time, spend a little time. I'm really trying to get my garage. Listen, the Wagoneers in there. I've really got to start getting some time where I go out to my garage in order to do that. I got to get many more stuff. I appreciate all the people that have a really. Your garage is probably this way, right? Like no, I'm I'm in your well. 
my garage is all the way in my listen i've got i've got stuff on the wagon here i don't even want to talk about that all right i don't have i don't have that mine but here's the thing i'm in your boat right now where i'm starting to plan out because i put a flooring down in the shop and i've always had these extra boxes of flooring to bring to the house and put in my garage but it's just the thought of emptying my garage to do the project i'm like do I really want to do this that bad? So I'll put Swiss tracks eventually down in my garage at my house, but no, I'm with you right now. Uh, I got to definitely set some time aside and, and get my garage where, where it's acceptable to me. But yeah, that's, it's kind of a daunting project. Don't you think? It is. And that's why I don't really get much time to do it, <laughs> but you have to put under these moments, right? Like take a little bit of time. Christmas is usually we joke like, I remember some of the hardest parts for me with Christmas break, just as a kid or just in life is the times it's sometimes you don't do anything. Oh, like yeah. Christmas afternoon, it, you go, well, we watch football or we watch this. Or, I get it. And we watched a lot of movies. We watched football, like, but for a lot of things, you just sit there. I remember being at, at my mom's house Christmas afternoon going, mom's sitting there son sepston sitting there we're all just chilling for hours and he's like blah, 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 blah. i'm like i get it as a kid i never could understand it. but now i kind of enjoy this moments of nothing so i'm digging through the garage starting to clean some stuff out i found some old uh this is interesting i found some old springbok uh furs and some skins and some rugby stuff and this old like thing where you could shoot darts out of the a blowgun that i got yeah and i found mystery bottles of beer mystery bottles of beers are always fun to find uh no way is, they're good no way sometimes they are right sometimes you can't what's find what's a, what's good i mean let's 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 put it on i mean like if if somebody was like let me have a sam adams or let me have your good beer what what's the i mean oh, is it on par listen we kill sam adams all day hey, sam adams got bought out he's gone corporate like come on like let's let's yeah, not because you because you wouldn't want to be bought out because <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like 150 million i'm sure i love that i love him it's like when people say you know oh my favorite band sold out no dude it's just called selling tickets <laughs> you know i mean they didn't want to live in their van anymore relax uh sam adams has much better quality control um they uh, they trump me in this beer once again. You are correct. This beer's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so I will switch over. This one is flat. I thought for a second I had some fizz, but I don't. Terrible. That beer's got to go away. So I'll switch over to Stone. Coming out of California, we bought one of their little packs. It's a Stone Stone Tangerine Express Hazy IPA. That's a mouthful right there. So. All right, so some of the fun things that been doing, uh, you like I said, watching some movies. I thought I was gonna be buying, uh, buying a movie, buying all that stuff, but looks like a number one movie wasn't really about uh, Avatar and experiencing this whole new world, but more of Puss in Boots, right? Like it yeah, is hard like, for. Listen, a lot of us can understand Puss in Boots is tough to pass out. I mean, it really. I know, but here's the thing: How many years has he been making this movie? And I, you know, I'll say it for a million times: Terminator Two for James Cameron was a long time ago. I'm a little bit. I'm just over it. You know. Yeah, but it, the original Avatar was one of the most gross. It was a a change yeah, not, for cinema. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna not gonna argue there. I'm just saying. I heard a lot about this movie. 
it was going to make two billion. I think the first Avatar, you know, made like eight hundred million or something like that. Now all of a sudden, everybody will want to go see this. And, and I'll say this: Did anybody in your like ten people you talk to the most just say, "I can't wait to see the second Avatar"? I mean, that movies just aren't that anymore, right? You just kind of see shit when you see it. Well, that was three hours long. Three hours now. Nah, three nah, hours. I'm long. good. This isn't Braveheart, dude. We have officially determined that. Uh, Christmas Eve is not the time to go spend four hours at a movie theater when you got to cook oh. and go to <laughs> candlelight You had to go to a movie theater? Yeah. And the ultimate experience we had coming home after everything, Christmas Eve, for some reason, it was at that moment the dogs decided to enjoy the packaging around the gifts that we had under the trees. Wow. You definitely deserve that for going to Avatar on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I'm not even mad at the dogs. Don't even be mad at the dogs. I mean, first of all, Avatar's four. That's a four. Yeah, I mean, you got to think of what takes you. It's probably more than four hours. I mean, but it was. It's a three something hour movie, so we we figured we were there about four hours. Yeah, but I'm saying crazy. You drive anyway, there. it is what it is. The dogs let us know about it, didn't they? So here's yeah. an interesting segment I like to do from time to time. We get to have it every once in a while here on the podcast, and this is riding with Nick in Vegas. I really think Nick in his former life, or maybe he was back in the day, <laughs> was a New York cab driver. That is really the experience sometimes that I feel like I get to have. Is that I haven't been to New York, so but I've seen Die Hard, which we say is definitely still bad sanity, right? One of the top uh, Christmas movies. Die Hard is also listed as one of the top Christmas movies of all time. Yeah. You see those cab drivers, you see the way they interact. It's pretty much the way I get to experience Nick from time to time when he's driving around Vegas. Nick has a new favorite person, Nick. Uh, you want to tell us about your new favorite uh, driver that uh, if somebody is sitting at a stoplight in Vegas and they don't move in 1.2 seconds. Well, no, no, no. So don't misrepresent. Uh, I don't care if it's an old woman that sits there for five seconds. I can't stand the man or woman looking down at their cell phone at the stoplight and not going when the light turns green. So don't misrepresent it. I don't honk at just anybody. You can tell the idiots on their phone. And again, be on your phone in your car. It doesn't bother me. If you can't do two things at once, don't do it. And, you know, it seems to be uh, a, a singular type of person here in Las Vegas, that's been, you know, is the most egregious. It's, it's the, the, the woman driving the three series, you know, probably works at a real estate office who, you know, is about to get a $12 commission for a house she's selling, taking up my time and other people's time looking down at her cell phone. It's like, dude, if you can't do them both, don't do, don't do it. Just drive the car, get to the office, then screw around on your phone. So uh, there's plenty of people I don't honk at, but I will say this, you know, we, we've noticed since the pandemic traffic in Vegas is, is worse than it's ever been. And it was never, when I first got here, one of the joys of leaving Southern California, where I was at was getting away from the traffic. And now when I go back to Southern California, the traffic has followed us here and traffic moves a little bit better there. So uh, you know, we've just gotten such a population growth that it, it is wearing on me, Marty, I'm going to admit. Explain to me how you moved from California to Vegas hoping for better traffic. Because the population wasn't here, and they have massive freeway system here. I mean, when I first got to Vegas, man, traffic was awesome. You didn't have an issue. You, you know, people, I don't drive on the Strip. 
So what you see in Vegas is not Vegas. Uh, I don't like drive up and down the strip waving at people uh, all day long. So the strip, yeah, the strip is miserable. But traffic I swear I saw Vegas, you one time. I swear I saw you one time. <laughs> just driving down, waving at everybody 24 hours a day. Um, yeah, no, I, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I mean, they had a, they have a ton of freeways here, a ton of capacity, but it's just been gobbled up. And now they're just doing so many road projects on a level that people, it's really kind of hard to believe. All right. So the new quote though, cause everybody I know is going to go, yep, we've got that exact same lady at our place. So the new quote is when you see those person roll down your window and let them know, Nick says, if you can't do both at one time, then you shouldn't be able to use it. <laughs> Let them all know. Just go ahead and put They'd it on. Like, yeah, we heard that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so fun little post in the HyperClean Specialist Group. And this comes from Martin. And this was cool because Martin used a little combination that really brought uh, a moment, right? We've all experienced this moment. I think you're, as a new father recently over the past years, you're getting these moments in Christmas that you you haven't experienced before. And it's that moment that you see the kid's eyes and it just goes. And just that pure glee just falls over their face. It's that same moment that many of us also enjoy about being in the service-based business and putting a car back out for a customer and seeing their eyes just go. Like, and just have that moment. The, this was cool for Martin to put it out because, hey, this was HyperClean Uno. This is HyperClean Glass. He got to have this experience with people. For those of us that also just enjoy the car life ourselves and taking care, detailing, creating then that experience for our own self, well, it becomes a little bit paradoxical, right? Like if you get those one-time hits, right? customer really likes it that person really enjoyed it. but if we're the guy that likes to do it ourselves i met met a surgeon recently he got therapy out of cleaning his own yeah. car detailing his own car finishing it all out For sure. i'm gonna spend some time coming up really working on the jeep there's a paradox between those moments of wow and like chasing this perfect moment yeah. which we all chase for christmas right we love those yeah. moments of wow we chase those moments for ourselves in our car life. But as you mentioned before, sometimes you get kind of wore out on some things as you continue on your car life. There becomes a paradox between enjoying your car life and chasing perfection. Yeah. I mean, look, there, there's something that a lot of people don't think about till you experience it. I know I wouldn't have thought about it until I experienced it. And, and a lot of people don't understand that when you get a car that's, that's that hundred percent, that show car level quality, and again, very few people can probably uh, early in their career achieve that or, or, or whatever. The problem is you get worried about everything. What's around my car? What's going on? Uh, you know, who's in my garage? Is my kid going to scratch it? it? It becomes almost like a self-defeating thing where, you know, you really have to find what works for you. None of us want to drive around a beat up car. You know, we all like our cars too much, but then you got to find what your level is. Right. Are you a guy that's just like, hey, I love when my car 75 percent of the way there. I can kind of dry it how I want. I can do the things I want to do. I can do it how I want. Uh, I'm not worried about if I get a tiny little scratch, you know, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. And that's not a negative. 
you know, for me right now, look, I have two cars in my garage. Neither has been corrected because, you know, we haven't had them that long. And, and I don't have a coating on either one of them. And I'll get to them, you know, when, when the shop is open and, and there's time to get to them. But, you know, I, I kind of have enjoyed testing products out and doing different things. And at the end of the day, you know, that's that's exactly what you have to find out is where where does it fit best for a customer? Where does it fit best for you individually? It doesn't matter. You got to find what you enjoy the most. Yeah, but it, as a detailer, most of us have that OCD aspect. And this is like defining detailer as, you know, pro or I'm a detailer of I'm detail my cars. Like I like to achieve the perfection of what I'm trying to do. It becomes, you know, for me, it, this was a little bit of a journey of OCDness of it, as well as then buying a black Jeep. I like <laughs> what experience really should I be chasing at that point of, of detailing out to a perfection, which I did full correction on it. I mean, I put every aspect that I could into getting this, you know, quote unquote, dialed to perfection the way I wanted it. And about six months into it, I go, yeah, that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna happen. Like it ain't like just need to enjoy. And I get tons of compliments and I'm, I'm thrilled with the way my Jeep looks, but I'm going to spend some time this week. Going to go through, give it a good polish. I'm not going to chase the perfection I used to because the experience for me has become more of enjoying it, enjoying the gloss, enjoying the way it looks. But there becomes a dilemma there, Nick. There really does. Because yeah, there's, I, there's diminishing return. Yeah. Right? Like I, I want to enjoy, you know, it's just like this. I enjoy dose so much more than I enjoy any other coating. It doesn't mean I, I put a ton of tray on, I put a ton of oodle on. I enjoy them all. But dose kind of fits a sweet spot for me. It fits my belief system. It fits what I like to do, the install. I get a robust coating with, with a really, really friendly install. But also, you know, like I said, I've been enjoying using slick and spray coat and some things we have in testing on my two cars because I haven't had time to put a coating on. And so this is where you get into this kind of weird spot. I know, I know that, that, that I guess my question for you would be, it's also knowing the stuff you're using, right? Like how much of it is you enjoy putting dose on your car. So, you know, Hey, I'm not going to try to correct it hundred percent because I don't want to put a five-year coating on a car. I'm not going to, you know, at least chase somewhat towards that 95, 98%. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do it. I just want to find what works for me. And this is where knowing yourself and knowing what works in a product line becomes so important. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, do you ever on your own look at the hood and see the way the sun hits it? Do you do that? Like, does it, yep. does it get under your skin? Yep. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and then did you eventually get to the point where you go, there's a couple more and there's a couple more, you know what, but if I keep it shiny and keep it look, I don't have to always be concerned about perfection. I think for me is my journey and in my car life and my experience is I'm excited about polishing it, getting it really good. I'm excited about putting, I'm like you, I'll put down dose and then I'm excited about not always chasing perfection also in my maintenance. See, here's the flip side that most people in their car life don't think about. 
there is a base where you need to get right. You buy a car or you're starting over. You, you, you might've, as you get into the new year, you might go, okay, I really want to take care. And this is, doesn't matter where you're at or what you do for your, your job or your career or whatever. You just want to have a better experience in your car. There's a lot of detailers that could look at themselves and go, I would really like to enjoy my, my van, my work van a little bit more. I'd really like to enjoy my personal vehicle a little bit more with it being cleaner, with it being just a little bit, yep. you know, wow factor yep. for me. Yep. And so some of that not always getting this massive wow factor, but just enough to keep, you know, you know, keep yep. that maintenance of it going on is not achieving perfection and maintenance. And that's a weird statement to say as a detailer, not chasing perfection and maintenance, but. Yeah. So here's a quick question. I, I have like a, a baseline of what I do when I get a car, you know, I have it pretty much locked down now, whenever I get to it, I get to it. But if you take my cars now, I'm going to test the paint. If I got enough paint there, I'll do a compound. I'll do a polish. I'll get it 95 plus percent there. And then I know through normal wear and tear every 18 to 24 months, I'm going to need to go back in there and do a light polish. Right? Like that's the number. And that's what you mean by there is no maintenance. That's perfect. You're going to have little love marks. You're going to have somebody touched your car over here. Somebody rubbed against your car in your garage. Somebody, you know, touched your car in a parking lot. And so I've always found that, you know, number one, you want to do the best job you can to have a perfect system to maintain your car. That doesn't mean it's going to lead to perfection because some things are just out of your control, right? So I, I think for me personally, what I look at this as, uh, you know, across the board is that most cars are going to need some type of polish every two, you know, 18 to somewhere between 18 and 30 months. If you want to keep it in that tip top shape, you're going to get that polisher out and buzz it, jewel it up a little bit, which was the old term we used to use, you know, and, and kind of get it, bring it back to life. I mean, but you, if you start off in a great spot from the beginning, then from there, I think everything becomes easier. It's the times that we don't start off right. And then you got to kind of start over in the middle of your ownership. But then as we're maintaining, we many times, and it's not just, you know, that, that marring that might happen. It could be, Hey, I'm looking for this hydrophobic, perfect hydrophobic, you know, shot of when I look at my paint and many times I have it right. There's a lot of times I'm washing the Jeep and I just go, damn. Wow. Yep. But then there's sometimes, right? Like not every panel, not every part looks exactly as the other part of the Jeep or this, you know, I might've put hyper clean, you know, slick down one time and as we talk then spray coat the next time it might not perform the exact same way on the hood as it does the the back rocker panel or one door to the next door it is interesting as we detail and clean cars the experience that we have on a regular basis sometimes we're achieving this perfection of a, a spray is gonna create everything that we desire because there was mm -hmm. a a video we saw maybe, or, uh, uh, you know, yeah. a, a theory that I might have. Yeah. I mean, look, the thing that I always tell people is right now I have spray coat and I have slick on both of my cars. I love the finish it leaves. 
I love the hydrophobic properties. I love what it does for my rims. I love all of that. I also have a realistic expectation that if I want the perfect behavior and the perfect amount of gloss that I like, I got to coat the vehicle, right? And so this is where you get into that draw, that, that line where so many guys are being taught to stretch stuff. You know, I, people that listen to me know that I absolutely hate that word in this industry. Stretch your interior cleaner, stretch your wheel cleaner, stretch. Well, it's also going the other way. You know, we'll have people ask us, can I dilute slick? Well, why would you want to? You know, why would you want to dilute spray coat? Why would you want to cut things that are simply there to protect and maintain and make your life easier long-term? But I think one of the things that really has, has become clear is, understand, man, coatings are really awesome. They're a really great technology for our industry. And to get coating on your car, you're going to have to use coating. No spray is going to replace that. What we're trying to do is give as close to that behavior, as close to that experience as we can, but we also have to kind of be honest with everybody, and we need to be honest with ourselves in this industry. Sprays are not coating. You have to work a lot harder to get a coating on a surface compared to spray and spray coat and using a pressure washer to rinse it off. I mean, even Uno is ex exceedingly harder than that. And, and Uno is a super easy coating to apply. And so, you know, again, if you want all of these things that are like a coating, guess what you need to do? Put a coating on. Like stop, you know, trying to teeter and do give the least amount of effort and get the maximum amount of, I mean, that just, that's not real. And I think that's something that you and I are seeing as exceedingly frustrating for people is, hey man, slick and spray coat look fantastic and work fantastic on vehicles we take care of. They're not a coating. I would never tell people that they are. But the the problem inside of the industry, and that's just why many people would buy a spray and expect it to work like another, you know, something at a different level is because, hey, listen, there's a lot of great marketing. We've all bought into marketing. My mom definitely bought into marketing this Christmas and she got my wife a personal defense device. Okay, okay great. You know, in case that, Right. She's one of those people walking out of Target yeah. that, you know, there's some random dude that doesn't want to wait and wait for him to get by. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. a personal defense device. And she was so cautious with me when I pulled it out of the package that she was like, do not turn it on. It's incredibly loud. Nick, well, how, how it sounded know? like 60% of a cell phone alarm. It was <laughs> brutally soft. Right. So there is a lot of us that, because there's so many marketing, so many different sprays, so many things that they're they're telling us. And listen, come on, let's be real. There's many parts of our industry that we're known as having snake oil. It's yeah. a big part of our industry. It really is. You can start yeah. listing off names where people have just made incredible amounts of money selling snake oil. Yeah, so, I mean, look, we, you and I first got together. I mean, we can share this story. We were told about a two-year spray. You remember this? Mm. And we were testing cleanse at the time. You know, cleanse wasn't out. And so we were told, Marty's like, hey, man, you know, uh, supposedly somebody's, you know, come out with or selling this to you, right? I mean, you remember this story. Yep. And just to give people like, you know, a behind the scenes look, you know, we're Nick, supposed to. It was to also infused with graphene. 
Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I could put graphene on planes and, and heavy equipment now and spray it on. I mean, dude, it's graphene's crazy stuff for a hundred bucks a bottle when like the raw material is like 10 grand. Um, so here's a weird thing. So we have this spray come in and you're like, Hey, this is, I, you know, somebody contacted, let me know, Hey, this is supposed to be this crazy next thing and whatever. And so we do what any manufacturer does is you go, okay, let's see what's up. Right. We want to get better. If something great is out there, we need to get better. We need to measure ourselves. You put it on, you go, well, it smells like a coating. So they got that down. We let it cure. I think what it was like 72 hours later, we took a pre-production cleanse and put it on the, the panel and gone 72 hours later. And again, there's a reason we don't, the company's irrelevant. This happens everywhere. But again, you look at it and we said it at the time, how are you going to get a spray bottle the last two years? I mean, we know the technology available. That's part of our job is to know behind the scenes what's possible and what isn't. And this is where you can just make your life easier, man. Spray coat and slick are a hell of a lot of fun. Leave a great look, leave a nice amount of protection, uh, leave a great amount of gloss, all those kind of things. But I'm just never going to go the route of saying this thing's going to last two years out of a water bottle. I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. And, and, and actually, it just kind of puts us all behind the eight ball. The funny thing is, Marty, let me ask you this question. So many people blame the DIYer, the car show guy. The funniest part is, I, I guess I would ask you, do you only see that behavior of trying to get all this out of sprays out of the DIYer? Or do you think we see it a lot in the professional? Hmm. I think the professional tells their customers a lot of things that they uh, they got from, you know, marketing. I think that they are a funnel for it. And I think the behavior comes in different aspects. I think the I think the DIYer, the the uh, the guy that just loves to to go out and clean his own car and put down this spray, but because you know, they saw a video and this is supposed to work this way. I think they, they experience it in their way because they're using it for some reason that the weird part is the professional who's selling it then, but didn't fully test it. We, we joke internally about people that, you know, create things, but don't ever test it. Then it's also interesting of the guys that sell stuff that they don't actually test. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it, that's a great point. It's interesting, right? Yeah, and, and that's why I think, you know, again, as an industry, and, and and I would say this, from the professional side of things, the thing I see on on groups and other pods or other YouTube videos is everybody thinks that this stuff is going on in the DIY market. You know, the DIY market's leading to all this behavior. But I can tell you, man, we saw the DIYers, we saw the professionals, we saw the beginners, professionals, beginner DIY, we saw the experienced professionals. I see it across the board. I don't see it as just one person in this whole ordeal's behavior. I think everyone's trying to stretch everything. They're trying to believe everything. They're trying to believe I can put a 10-year coating on in two minutes. Uh, that That's just not going to happen. And even as great as Uno is and how fast I can put it on a car, you know, my prep has got to be on point. I got to really think through some basics. 
of how to get that on a car. And yeah, man, I have that stuff regularly in the desert last 18 plus months, but I'm not going to sit here and call it a 15 year coating. I know, I know it isn't, but I, I do think that line is blurred now where so many people are pointing the finger at the DIY car show guy. And Marty, I think more than ever, we're seeing that line get blurred of, man, we got a lot of detailers trying to stretch and, and, and spray a product on and have it be, you know, a coating and, and man, it's, it, it's kind of a shame because it takes away the greatness of coatings. Like coatings are satisfying to put on a car. They, they're a great technology. We should be celebrating them instead of sitting here acting like spraying something on a surface is going to replace them. It's like one side's over promising and the other side, the, the, the people that are just doing it themselves are going, well, this is underwhelming. Yeah, they're getting, it's a good point. They're getting they're they're getting left in a place where they go. Well, I had this buddy over here tell me I'm going to put this on my car and all these things are going to happen, right? And, and when all those things don't happen, they assume that something's wrong with the product or that somebody made a mistake. And it's like, no, your buddy's a fool. He told you a bunch of stuff that wasn't actually true. And that company's probably not building a bad product. And that company's probably not doing anything wrong. But the way it was taken in the marketplace is I can spray this on and my life is going to change. I'll say it again, man. I have no coating on my two cars currently. I had full PPF and coating on the car that we sold. Uh, actually, my last two cars. And I've been loving slick and spray coat. And I just alternate in maintenance washes. Hey, I did slick last time. I'm going to do spray coat this time. I did spray coat last time. I'm going to do slick this time. The cars look incredible. Now, look, they're not dialed into my spec. I need yeah, to hold on. You say the word incredible. Let's let's we talk about levels, right? So yep. let's not say incredible. It looks. Is there a part where we go? It looks really good enough. Like it looks good, and is is good enough, right? Like, oh, I think it's noticeable. I mean, I, I would say this, and we, this is the reason Slick was actually the number one reason we ended up going with the formula that we have now is the look it left behind. We were less concerned with massive amounts of protection for, you know, six, eight, 12 months. We wanted a few months of protection, a great drying aid that left a look. So when I say incredible, I don't mean it's the best protection protection you can get in the world. What I mean is it leaves an incredible look to your car. And when you're sitting in a parking lot at Target, like you were talking about earlier, and you look at your car and you look at the hundreds in that parking lot, your car is going to look better than all of them, unless you happen to go against a dialed up, you know, ceramic coated vehicle right next to yours. Uh, and I'm here to tell you, I like how those products look. But again, I'm not trying to get a whole bunch out of it, right? I'm not trying to stretch the product's capabilities. I am putting those products on as a protection to get me through until I can get a coating or get PPF on the car. But also, I want that little pop after a, after a maintenance detail that I can look at it and go, that car's got a, a definitive look to it that comes from slick or spray coat. So when I say incredible, the fact that you can put something in a spray bottle and you can get a look on your car, Marty, we haven't always been there. For those that don't know, you would put a, uh, the beginning parts of spray wax on your car and your car would look worse because there were smears all over it. Where we are now to take a product like spray coat and literally spray it on and rinse it off and dry your car and you have an amazing look to it. That isn't where we've always been. Yeah. And it's to where you can walk out and you do get that moment again, where it's not, 
wow, I can inspect every aspect, but I can walk out to my Jeep and I can have that eye-opening moment again and go, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. For me, that's the word. For you, it's incredible. Everybody defines that experience in their own terms. For me, I go, oh, she's that looks good. The customer that always goes, looks better than the day I drove it out of the park, right? It's that experience, however you define it, can happen. And that's ultimately what we enjoy about our car life, right? That's that's what is part of our purpose is to help car life, is to help those moments where you can go, wow, yeah, yes, Mm mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, having that dialed in car changes your experience with it, right? Like my cars are not in great shape now. We've had some things come up in our family. You know, we've had had a – a really exciting three weeks here, uh, especially with the holiday and, and and a newborn. And I always tell people, hey, man, when I get those right and get them back dialed, I'm going to go, man, I'm glad I did it. Right. That's kind of what it's all about is that, you know, this is why you're not always going to be able to drive around a perfectly dialed in vehicle. Sometimes life gets in the way. But it's when you get to dial them back in, get that maintenance done or go in like you're going to do this week and give a nice polish, you know, understand what those things are. And 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 I think, honestly, stop overselling it to yourself and stop overselling it to your customers. Just sell the reality of what's going on. And I'm telling you, you'll be way happier. We've seen a lot of people, and I think you say this better than anybody, is, is they just don't understand what those products are doing. And so they're expecting them to act perfectly. And that's not the case all the time. No, it's not. Well, I'm going to get out this week, like you said, and I'm going to enjoy my, my Jeep live. I'm going to join my car live. I'm going to work on it. Then I'm going to, I'm going to go for some cruising. I know you've already been out cruising in your Beamer and you're yep. probably doing some more this week. That's part of having a little bit of downtime is to, is to go enjoy our cars. It's just yep. enjoy that part of our lives. So Man, have a great week. Enjoying the Beamer. And uh, we'll all tie in on uh, the HyperClean Specialist Group. And everybody, we'll see you on the Community Pub. So, Nick, have a great week, brother. Talk soon. See ya. This is Marshall. Hey, I want you to do yourself a favor. I want you to really think about the experiences you're looking for in your car. How can you enjoy it? more what is it that you want out of your experience it's your car it's your car life it should be a really great experience for you and i want you to go share it inside the hyper clean specialist group on facebook come on let us know how you're going to be enjoying your car life going into 2023 what is it you're hoping to get out of it what experience are you looking for join in hyper clean specialist group on facebook and hey this is marshall hope you make it a great day